Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 420 of The Sausage Factory. Welcome. In this episode, I chat to Henry Driver about the design and development of their educational adventure game, The Secrets of Soil. You might notice a bit of a trend with myself. In that, there's a point to this sentence. It's there. We'll get there. Just come along with me in this little journey. There's a trend. I repeatedly say these things. If you notice last week, we had Beacon Pines, and this week we have Secrets of Soil. What's the connection between those two games? Well, other than they're both adventure games, narratively driven, the real connection is that I both discovered them. Discovered? There's a word. Discovered. Discovered them at um, an expo of some description, because I go to a lot of them. People know me, know I attend a lot of them, because that's the one of the primary routes from which I actually get guests on the show. I go walk up to them and say face-to-face, I have a podcast, would you like to be in it? And they, you know, I'm impressed by the game, and then they come on, and voila, here we are. So this is what happened with Henry. I met him at the Leftfield Collection at EGX 2022. So we got to chatting, and I was fascinated by the game that he developed. And it's something that we do promote in this show, and in Kane and Rince, the idea of using video games as a form of sharing information, sharing an educational tool, if you will, that's broadening one's understanding of how the world works. And this is exactly what Secrets of the Soil is all about. It's about the very thing that we tread on most of our lives. We just take it for granted. It's always, always been there, but it hasn't. And there's lots of things going on in the soil. Turns out that if we're not careful, it will no longer do that, and this will be bad. But I'm not going to spoil what's about to happen, what we're about to talk about, because we want to hear about me talking about spoil. No? Fine. Peace yourselves. Um, yes, listen to me from the relatively recent past, talking to Henry about the design and development of the secrets of soil. Chris, please take it away. Henry. Hi. Who are you? What do you do? 
I'm an artist and game developer specializing in creating experiences um, which explore the environment or ways that we can combat climate change. Yes, which is shouldn't be, but it is sadly an emotive topic. I genuinely believe it shouldn't be an emotive one. We should just get on and note that if we don't do something, well, we're not going to survive for much longer. The planet will be fine. You may disagree with that. But the planet's been here for four and a half billion years. We know we are a bit a, a speck of time on it. If indeed we, we do rampage through it, it'll heal itself. It has done before, many, many times. Um, but that's a very fatalistic way of looking at it. Uh, I don't like looking at it that way, and it seems a bit uh, cold. So that's why I just say to people, you're not trying to save the planet, you're trying to save ourselves against what the planet will do to us if we carry on this way. <laughs> because it will basically flip its... It will just basically defend itself. That's what it's going to do. I mean, we just we need to just kind of... Um do a lot of things and yeah. get on with get on with it and because yeah. it's not there's no one silver bullet so to speak it's no it's all, a whole all things thing. in various different industries at various yeah, yeah. different levels and and it's also not just because you know, I work in a, another field and other industries we spoke about in the virtual green room it's not just about reducing it to zero no it's minus it's less than what we're doing it's less but it's not like going to an equilibrium no no it's less <laughs> oh god but we're not here to talk about that and you've uh we, we, we are actually later on in the show but it's a it's a it's a thread throughout the show that it's it's like something that some of the things that maybe crop up and the dreaded third question in the first half before i get onto that one it is dreaded um Second question is, how did you make your start making video games? I, um, the first video game that I made was, uh, I, I wanted to, I'd been inspired by Corey Archangel, who'd made an artwork where he took everything out of Super Mario Bros. Bar the Clouds. And I thought, oh, that's great. <laughs> he's been, he's, he's the youngest person in um, the modern museum, museum of art. I thought, oh, I want to, I want to have a go at making games out of Super Nintendo. So I, I um, set myself the task of um, taking, taking everything out of Star Fox bar the horizon. Cause I thought it was a really beautiful horizon and lo and behold, it was an incredibly difficult task and I broke it as I was doing it. But, the, the way that it was breaking, I thought was far more interesting than what I was achieving. And I turned it into this experience where you're tasked with reaching the horizon, but each time you interact with it, it all kind of breaks apart and distorts. And that was my kind of beginning of my kind of interactive and, and making games, basically. Wow, reaching the horizon, that can only be done on the disc world, surely. <laughs> and then you find this massive turtle, like, okay, this is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, that's wonderful to see the deconstructed game experience rather than just focus on what it's delivering. You actually deconstruct it completely. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, it's not something I, I, I love seeing how things are broke, are, are built up into the finished product, but it sounds like to me like, uh, well, can we just pause it there? What? I mean, that looks great, isn't it? Not done. You haven't finished doing the textures. No, that's fine. Leave it like that. What? So that's really what a what a wonderful thing to. And you just been 
so looking at that aspect of why why um go on with the preconceived ideas of that's how it is that's how things are and thankfully over the last 10 15 maybe 20 years now that's been very much embraced isn't it why focus on the the norm of pushing the boundaries of graphical fidelity that was has been abandoned a long time ago by a lot of video game developers mainly because they don't have the resources to do it <laughs> I, th- I think i think the thing which it kind of got me on which i'm still chasing now is that through playing around with graphics or pushing a software or an engine in a way that isn't expected you can then create something that you as a creator wouldn't be able to kind of perhaps imagine or think of and it's that which i love to do and i carry on till this day of i don't want to see it as something that i've seen before i want to create this dialogue between me and the game engine and then create something i go wow i like that that's better than anything i could think of yeah uh, for me uh, one of the best examples of that is everybody's gone to the rapture because it tells a story but it tells multiple stories yes the if you're floating through the world as it well we'll come to that in a second you're floating through the world and you're interacting with things and these then then they trigger these ghosts of people having these conversations about something that happened and eventually everyone starts to vanish and no one really knows why and that's you know their stories are fascinating and that story is really compelling but i've said this before on the show but i'd like to hear your thoughts on it but no one ever tells you i'm not sure if you've played, played the game or not but no one necessarily says what you are not once it yeah. never explains what you are if everyone's gone what who are you what what are you never said never explained and that for me, when I finished it, and it was like, for some reason I was playing it in the new in the early New Year. Something I do remember it was, like, I think it's twenty sixteen, twenty eight. It's a fair few years ago, and I sat there like, what? Uh, what am I supposed to do with that? I mean, the, the stories were fascinating, but then I suddenly hit me like, not once did it ever explain what I was there doing there, what why why I was driven. The only the only thing that drove me along was to see the next story, see how it all panned out, how it, how it flowed. But never once did he explain what I was doing or who I was or what I was. And that and I'll never know. And I never say. <laughs> I think it's an interesting position to sometimes put the player in. Yeah. I've kind of had a go of it with a, a game I made on a um, with the game jam with the team, we just like, well, what what is the player again? Yeah, will <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I think there can be some interesting things pushed through that of perspective room thing, but um, yeah, I'd say it's an opportunity that could be pushed further probably. And on the flip side, if you look at Outer Wilds, still one of my favourite games of all time. It's you know a lot of people really don't like it. That's great. That's fine when a game encourages that kind of emotion probably got somewhere got you know but for me it asks very difficult questions and comes up with answers that i think are reasonable but you'll very much know what you are and who you are in fact it keeps reminding you about that over and over it almost anchors the whole game around remember what you are and who you are and what you're doing because if otherwise you will lose yourself you don't you know you the only anchor you do have is the character you're playing and the ship flies around, they fly around it. 
other than that, there's nothing. So it's like the, the flip side of, of, but yeah, I still value my experience in both both games, even though they take the player avatar and the engagement very differently. And there's a relevance to why I'm talking about this now because we're going to delve into it in the second half, and I want the the listener to remember this little chat. And also leads on to my next question. Why are your biggest influences as a creator? I think you've answered this already, but let's expand on that. Firstly, video games. Yes. As in, the more I create, the more I'm like, I do think a lot of it begins from those early memories of playing video games, especially on the N64, whether that's Ocarina of Time or Mario 64, and that ability to go and go in the castle, jumping and painting, and then that, you know, you're then put into this kind of wonderful world, which you can then explore. And I, re- I just really love that putting players or audiences in a really, um, yeah, visually striking or just interesting world for them to explore. So I think that's definitely one of my key influences. Um, I can another specific or more modern one would be Proteus. I played that, and that was still to this day an experience that I think about a lot, or um, I think had a big impact on me. Thinking about games as experiences, um, but then equally alongside that, art or music or anything which I felt had a real meaning to it, or provokes a thought or an idea or a different way of thinking and I think kind of that hot pot of combinations has then got me to where I think today or kind of what I want to achieve today that's that's perfect I'm just hoping you're going to say Proteus I was waiting for that or Flower even when I worked um not so much Journey because that's a different experience that's too communal that's too related to communication with others and relating to their needs as well as yours so it's a different experience but as it comes to yeah proteus what val that was just i know i'll go over here what's this oh i don't know what's this oh i don't know um whereas um it's interesting i again in the virtual green room we mentioned the the elden ring game which you can't you know we're recording 2022. It'd be folly not to. Uh, and that's a game where it goes, oh, what's this? I maybe should run away. <laughs> or, sprint, or sprint faster towards yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, or, or sprint faster towards it. Either way, you know, it's normally run away. It's normally, can I? I don't know. Is that a bit? Let's have a go. That's normally my reaction. Let's have a go. Hey, I took it out. There you go. I wasn't. That was almost... Deftifying, but there we <laughs> But that again, it's still a wondrous realm. Oh no, it's not true. It's a terrifying, haunting realm, but it's still a realm that emote conjures emotions. Which is what you've done here with uh, uh, Secrets of Soil, which we're going to talk about later. But um, emotions, all oh, there are many. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, thought provoking, and. Uh, yeah, pondering one's one's reality. So, next question then is: uh, What video game developer do you admire most, and why? 
this is a tricky one and I'm annoyed with myself because I've listened to some of these in the past and thought oh that's a hard <laughs> tough question so I should have I should have repaired it yeah, yeah you should have done um if we're thinking a continued a continued developer who's carried on liking their work um the easy answer is that game company yeah i was expecting chinese room but that works too <laughs> um but that's the i've i to be fair because I, I never had a i never had a playstation until recently so i missed that whole Oh, right. The whole era when it actually came out, I was yeah, playing yeah. On, on PC um, and hadn't. So it's more that I've come back to those games over the last three years and, you know, played Journey and then played Flow and Flower and thought, damn it, this. <laughs> yeah. These are great. And also, yeah. I, mean, just, I think the success or the way that they were obviously picked up by Sony and really popular, and it's like, you know, flow and flower, they, they could just be in a gallery. I swear they suit a gallery far better than a game, but or you know, um a video game console, but they've been embraced and and taken on by that. And I think that's really inspiring and to and to have that. But I think there's also there is another developer, but I think it's more I think it's difficult for continued developers, I think, because quite often it, it can change. But that'll probably be my main one that I particularly enjoyed but that yeah, game company is a valid that. valid response it's perfectly fine um we do know in journey's been mentioned many times before on the show and how torturous its creation was and many people said this is a terrible idea don't do this no one wants this uh, and indeed there's a lot of self-doubt within that racked right across and you know many people yeah, it had a lot of people, unfortunately. It's just a shame because it's still, to this day, and rightly so, celebrated as one of the most uh, uh, important video games ever made. But, uh, yeah, that game company is perfectly sound and frequent answer. For good reason. <laughs> I wish I had a more obscure one, but I just no, don't. No, there's no need to do that. There's no, there's a, obscure, being obscure for obscure's sake is, is, can be seen very quickly. Uh, <laughs> So, last question of the first half is this. What are you playing right now? See, I thought this would be the first question. The first <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I like to ask this of developers because it proves to me that they're not living in a bubble. They recognize, <laughs> they recognize the others, others' work, which you've already done anyway. But uh, what, what's distracting you from what you should be doing? So I've got, I've got two, and I think yeah, you're going to enjoy, enjoy both. So the, the one that I was playing over the weekend um, was uh, Space Warlord Organ Trading Simulator. Okay. Um, which uh, was on Game Pass, and I think... Um, Xavier Nelson, I think, is right. one of the developers of it. Um, and yeah, it's I'd kind of seen about it and thought this is going to be quite funny. And then I really enjoyed playing it over the weekend. And there's some great humor in it. And also, I suppose, you know, living in this um, space capitalist organ trading world is a 
an interesting one to put you into at this point in time. But anyway, that's what I was playing at the weekend. But sounds fantastic. I've led my Xbox to my brother, so I've gone back onto my <laughs> Steam. Right. So you know, obviously, to tap into that, tap into that game library that you need to get. That through. vast, vast life. Trust me. Like, yeah. Go on. And um, this is the one I think you might enjoy. Um, I bought it almost two years ago, and it's called, or maybe a year ago, it's called Tenderfoot Tactics. Right. And the world is all very much like Proteus, except it's moving and animating as you go through it, but it's in that kind of quite spiky. It reminds me of Proteus, but it's more um, smooth than Proteus, but it is still that kind of low geometry, quite spiky. But then the gameplay is kind of like similar to Fire Emblem or you could say XCOM and that kind of uh, grid-based combat. Uh, but what drew me to it was both the visuals and the fact that with the magic in it, you're meant to have an impact on the environment and kind of the environment changes. You do different spells or there's some relation to that. I haven't got further enough into it, um, but it's been a real visual delight to play and it's nice to have this kind of very visually interesting game which has also simultaneously got grid-based tactics in it nice which is probably my, my niche my niche <laughs> no no i we there's a game we're going to be featuring in a later episode called um live by the sword which is a tactical um rpg similar vein to final fantasy tactics and uh, uh, shining force and those kind of kind of games um, feels like you're playing Dungeons and Dragons when you're in, in amongst one of those combats and it's broken down, even as initiative orders and stuff like that, if you live with those concepts. And uh, yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. The Banner Saga, you know. We, we... That's one. I should have said that as my previous <laughs> answer. I know it's unrelated, <laughs> but the Banner Saga is, yeah, it's one of my favorite series. It is. Yeah, they've been on the show. They've been on the show. They were on episode 200. No less. I'm going to write that so, down because I need to, I need yeah. to listen to that one. Because, uh, yeah, wonderful, wonderful series of games. And uh, they did really look after them over the years and they made sure that they were all in, a, in they are splendid experiences that you can carry from one, you know, your decisions carry from one to the other to the other. And it's just remarkable. You can replay it over and over again, experience different, make different choices. And if ever there was a game, where the models mess around and find out. Oh, yeah, I, I toned that down a bit. It's, it's, it's the Banner Saga. Oh, yeah. Mess around and find out when it, what happens. Oh, right, that happens. Yeah, yeah. People die <laughs> just because you messed around. But, um, yeah, it takes no prisoners, that game, but it's a glorious game. No, thing. not at all, but it's just... It's the one game that I, you know... The second one comes out, so then I've got to play the first one again. And yes, I go and play the yes. first one and the second one. You know, you do it and you just, it's each just time this... one comes out, you go through all of them again and then yeah. again. And then, and then like... yeah, but uh, I'm not sure if they're making another one. It's been very quiet for them at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's, I do celebrate that extraordinary series of games. But yeah, good shout. I will have to check out, what's it called? Tactics? Uh, tenderfoot. Tenderf- tactics. Tenderfoot Tactics. I will explain. Examine and add yet more to my vast, ridiculous library on my Steam Deck. So there you go. <laughs> I haven't installed it. That'd be ridiculous. I can't do that. But anyway, um, so that's the end of the first half. Well done. You made it. 
So uh, we're now going to pop along to the second half of the show where we're going to talk about secrets of soil. What is the Secrets of Soil? It's uh, Secrets of Soil is an interactive journey that explores the hidden world of soil and its role in combating climate change. Uh, through it, you'll delve into the microscopic world of soil, meeting what lives there, kind of discovering what it does, and then viewing our impact on it and how we can change that or improve that. It's, I would personally describe it or hope that people might think of it as a um a visually striking kind of audio visual experience um but one that they can kind of take something away from it uh as well okay. or at least that was the aim yeah yeah I'll, I'll definitely took something away from it a lot of like oh god what are we gonna do? no uh but no it's very 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 informative and uh I've always known that a vast sort of layer, I'm not sure how deep it goes, is it a meter or something? Or this 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 sort of like this this world of filled with life. Is it the first sort of like I'm just fascinated because people it's how thin is it? Is it how deep does this this the sort of button? Well, microscopic is? life will exist even deeper as well. Mm, yeah. Um yeah. and some of it we just isn't that isn't that well researched no. but it can just depend on the depth and it will the depth of the top soil and then there'll be some other yeah, stuff yeah, further yeah. Down, well, but, well, and also within that 
the most active places are the bits around roots or stuff like that. Like that's where it could be in, you know, millions, billions of yeah. life, all just in this. And there's a misconception about roots in that people think they go deep. They don't, no. No, there's a very shallow disc that they spread out across the, for obvious reasons. Because that's where not only the water, which is the us ignorant humans think that that's all the trees need. Oh, no. No, no, no. They need all the nutrients, and the nutrients are generated from all this. Again, there's a word that people have heard. Did you really know what it means? Where's it come from? Uh, and um, this leads me on to my first question. Because you are establishing a, uh, a descriptive narrative in Secrets of the Soil. That's the thing that struck me first. When I first played it or experienced it, I should say, I haven't played. I experienced it at EGX. When I, I, I mean, I didn't see all of it because I thought, oh, well, this, this is it. And when I saw it, it's free. I thought, perfect. I'll go and have a go at home. And then we met. It was great. But, um, yeah, the Secrets of Soil has a descriptive narrative. How did you find structuring that narrative without losing the audience? How have you found that? Difficult. Mm. Tough. It's, um, I suppose it was a kind of combination of when I found out about the soil and what lived there and the fact that it could help us combat climate change, that was really exciting. But from another point of view, it was also just visually looked amazing when i was working with the scientists and looking at some of the imagery i thought this this is a world that i want to visualize so when i came to planning it i was thinking of okay how can i bring these different elements and different things that live in the soil to life almost like these different windows or to refer back to mario 64 different paintings you can jump into different worlds and i was hoping that i was trying to make each of them visually distinct and to try and do justice to these amazing life forms that live there which have um but also i obviously wanted to add that kind of no, so, so that people could learn from it and deciding the amounts of information to give and also the way to give them was a very difficult part in the process um originally the idea was that those descriptions would come through the gameplay or through your navigation and depending on what you do and how much you do it would kind of respond to that but due to some kind of development slow-ups on specifically writing that script I then went to almost more of a straight up um, description so it was tough and I think to this day there is scenes which are far better than others some of the later ones are um are longer than others um and there's definitely more that i could learn from that but i'm still it's i think it's an issue or not necessarily an issue it's a question which i'm grappling with how can you bring in this scientific knowledge and delve it but, but combine it into this like a visually striking gameplay experience so you've got both of those things going on um and i think that's a tough thing yeah which is why i asked it hey i've done this before uh, and for me, I think what I think you did a really good job considering the complex topic that it is. I mean, clearly, at least a dozen, maybe two dozen um, PhD topics are enclosed in the first sort of two or three scenes, um, and that's great to see that. That I mean, we've been, you know, how could we not know? 
how could we not delve into this realm? Um, not really understanding how it works. It does, I believe. It has been for billions of years, but how? And it's just what's so fascinating is how complexity can grow from this because we haven't been there to see it. It's the old uh, philosophical discussion of when a tree falls in the forest and does it make a sound if no one's there? Of course it does. But that's the point. That's the point. People find it uncomfortable that it does make the sound. And similarly, when you're delving into into the soil here, you just realise that this is all going on without my knowledge or anyone's knowledge. This is deeply unpleasant because we're so, you know, we think the universe revolves around it. It really doesn't. It's going on regardless of what we're up to. We just happen to be disrupting it quite a lot. And, and that's one of the key points is that yeah. the, one of the key aims was just to inspire people to think differently about the soil because, you know, I changed the way that I thought about it. You know, I remember speaking to, so I, it was inspired by my family or from um, a farmer's. Mm. And when I discovered that, oh, what, there's other life that lives in the soil other than earthworms and it's not just dirt and dirt dirt, rot. Like, rot. No, it's... It's a whole ecosystem, and that's a really terrible description because I know it's not that, but it's a whole system of beings that are reliant on each other, and it's a delicate balance that when it gets disrupted, it's very hard for it to recover, if it does at all. And that's really difficult to describe accurately because there were so much dependencies. You try to zoom in on one part of that spider web, You've just forgotten 90% of it. I mean, it's a bit like zooming in on the path of exile's skill tree. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes, I went there, everyone. But you went, you know what? I'm going to just focus on the top quadrant here. I can't be asked with the rest of this mess. Let's just do this bit. And that's fine. That's fine. Whereas when you can't do that. You can't, we can't afford to do that in, in, with soil and the life teeming within it. We can't. And um, I was just really was, I thought it was a very uh, intriguing way how you laid it out. And I'm sure it evolved over time and there was bits you had to move. Indeed, sections you went, you know what, I need to swap these over because this now makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there was, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I think the structure got, all swapped around. Yeah. I think if I can remember it, I'm probably burying the memory of, yeah. of, of having to change it all around or, um, expand, you know, really thinking, oh, I've got to expand this ending. But um, I was just trying to, I suppose the kind of, the arc that I was trying to do is to kind of open up this world, make people feel connected to it, show that there's beauty and importance in the soil and then show what we're doing to it. But then also give the options that this is how we can then regenerate it. Um, I did want to maybe then connect people to actions that they could maybe do with soil, which there are some like links at the end, but that's something which I could be, you know, could be developed further, but it was something I was kind of passionate about. But um, yeah, yeah. It leads me on to my next question. Again, I've done this before. It turns out the how it's presented. We've spoken about this in rather abstract terms, everyone, but... There is an emphasis on presenting the secrets of soil in what I believe is an otherworldly way to the point where you think, wow, this is on my planet. I'm walking around on this sometimes. Dogs run around and actually 
add to the protein, so we say, <laughs> when they, you know, um, sorry, I don't know where I went there, but, you know, they're creatures and all sorts of things are happening under your feet and you don't know it. It's another, it's, it's similar in many regards to when you see deep sea creatures and they get pictures every and again on, on Twitter going, I'm sorry, this this is not from an alien planet. This is from our planet and it just happens to be deep fathoms and fathoms and fathoms. There's no light that gets down there. So they do weird stuff like expose their brains. It's just weird. And similarly with this stuff, it's just there's some really very exotic and strange beings living and they're micro microscopic. I mean, it's like almost not, no, it's not atomic size. It's ridiculous, but it's getting there. Um, but they are multicellular complex beings and you're just presenting it in a really otherworldly way. Um, I've got to ask why? Is it because so, it is? A lot of that was inspired by when I was w- working with researchers and looking at some of their imagery. It was really vivid and fluorescent. And I was, you know, I couldn't really quite believe it. Because, you know, you think of soil, it's, you know, think of earthy textures. And there was all this bright imagery and the videos had very flashing lights in it. And from looking at other scientific imagery from it. So then when I then, you know, get into Unity and I'm playing around, I'm just like, one, I'm going to be messing around with the mission. I'm going to be playing around with shaders. I'm going to be, I kind of wanted to go and take those bright fluorescent images that I'd seen and then replicate that or really use that as a starting point and an inspiration point for the world. Um but also to try and capture it as a world in a sense that there is this huge amount of life in there. I mean, and to really add that and bring that together. And I think that combination definitely almost gives it probably a, a kind of cosmic and space quality to it. And I don't know whether that's just because that's our only reference point to these, to looking into another world or a vision of something. Um, far away or utterly different or trying to imagine that or maybe i've i've put that into that but I, yeah i i wanted to just do them justice and go and, and bring these bring these microscopic images or videos to life in a 3d realm but one that could hopefully you know do them justice and get get people excited about soil or to view it as something of beauty and importance because it is there it just needs someone to bring it to life and 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 visualize it um but also some elements were i was trying to visualize you know how do plants communicate with bacteria how do they or how can i make this you know visualize this for audiences with the chemical signaling and so there was lots of kind of playful things where i play around with shaders and i was creating creating this world to on one hand, make something visually striking, but on the other, also communicate some of the things that are happening and going on there. So it's a yeah, a combined effort. Yeah, I think you've done a really good job. I think the you can see the bacteria looking like bacteria as we've seen them in textbooks, and maybe it's. Just, I think there's there's reasonably good representation of what they do actually look like. They do come in very strange shapes, shapes and sizes, and of course things that prey on them that was fascinating as well like oh yeah of course there is you think bacteria are actually 
sadly for, for many years because ever since their discovery many times they are there are lots of ones that are pleasant that are cause harm to us humans and indeed other um, creatures but not you know then it's only recent years you realize yeah but it's not all bad <laughs> there's also a very good uh, bacteria we need without it we would actually be all be dead um but um then you have the creatures that prey on them as well and then they then it gets bigger and bigger and there's a it doesn't quite go it goes i think the largest macro it gets to is, is earthworms i believe yeah pretty yeah. much yeah i think beyond that it just stops there i did like the earthworm bit that was fun um it was like a really good version of snake <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that because that was that was hard. that was hard that was the that was a painful scene to create. So yeah, I like that. It was just like, oh cool. I'm playing Snake again. Where's my Nokia phone? Oh, there it is. Remember them, Nokia? Anyway, sorry. Um, I love them. It's weird, isn't it? I, I wish I could still have one. If I'm honest, I know, but now we can't because reasons. But yeah, they were they they would you charge them once every three years or something like. <laughs> it just keep going. Anyway, that was really um, something I wanted to, to delve into is the, the, the concept of communicating such complex ideas into simple shapes and forms and then morphing them into something more wondrous. And that's exactly what you've done with Secrets of Soil. So there is a constant encouragement on the part of the player to explore the environment you've thrown them into. You and have a look around what's the worst that could happen there's nothing to there's no you know sense of harm you're there i mean i feel like you're a probe going back to an earlier conversation about what you are it doesn't really matter in in secrets of soil but it does feel like you you've been reduced in size and then you're running around um it's, this is not it's even smaller than what you encounter in grounded you know i mean you're already small and grounded but in this you're just microscopic but um, that's to say you're having to somehow be a probe going through. You're always the smallest thing, mm. which I've just thought of. Yes, you are maybe. Which I clearly always wanted to put that in there to show yeah. that humans aren't so important after all. Indeed, you are this teeny, tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny thing. And uh, like, it, like almost atomic size, but not quite. Because that, if you were, you'd just see you're black see of nothing because you wouldn't be yeah but that's again physics uh, <laughs> but this constant encouragement to explore what have you done how have you found to encourage what have, what kind of things have you dangled in front of the player what carrots have you got in there to encourage them to actually behave in this way so i think you can guess that i really loved breath of the world and Having you know, you know, you know, you've heard about you know, I really enjoyed Proteus, and that was a big impact on me, and equally Breath of the Wild as well. So, one of my aims was, or especially you know, initially was to try and make this an explorative experience because I thought there's there's this really wonderful world beneath our feet, and I can visualize it, and I then wanted to make it a world that you could explore and go between things. I had difficulties making it as an open world, both from narrative issues and just getting people to deal with it or just um, building elements of it. But I still wanted to still wanted to kind of get people to go around it because 
to this day, you know, when I was playing on at EGX or doing some test fills to um, to make some improvements, I still found these viewpoints that I'd never seen before. And I played it and made it, and it took ages and done all that. So I really wanted to try and get people to go around these different worlds. You know, some of them are smaller, some of them are bigger. But what I tried to do was really, my aim was to try and flex my visual muscles, basically, and try and make some really interesting things that I could put on the horizon to drive people to go to things or to just find out a little bit more. There is, especially in the scene where you're looking at fungi, I really kind of wanted to add all these different things where if you went there and then you look turned to this side, you'll then see this view, which is then interesting, and then you might get drawn over there, and then that will bring you around to here. On some other scenes, it's more delve into it, then turn back in on yourself and have a different view. Um, and I kind of, within the narrative or within the narration, there was kind of little tidbits of, oh, what's happening here? What are these things doing? But I would say it's definitely, it was one of these things I, I would have loved to have had extra development time to really push in perhaps the reward or think about ways to reward or push that further exploration. Because at the moment, it really is these views that if you turn around and get to this point and go there, there is this view, which you'll, if you if you like Secrets of Soul, you're going to love this. Um, so it's that kind of, probably, the, you know, you could say it's the joy of walk, walking or being in a landscape, but putting it into a microscopic one of, you can get to this and go, and then there's another view. Um, so it is, you know, it's not full-on expanding gameplay, but it was more kind of, and the visual pleasure of being in a world and finding different things that I was hoping, hoping people might, might like. Yeah, I, I knew a little bit about what was going on. Didn't really understand until I played Secrets of Soil the importance of fungus within this world and the part it plays in making sure everything is. I don't know use the word functioning because it implies it's a machine. It is not far more elegant than that has to be it's been around for billions of years of course it is um but system again this undervalues how complex it is but or downplays how complex it is but it's one of many many parts and i had no idea how important it was to plants bacteria the things that feed off the bacteria the things that feed off the plants all of it Without the fungus, it really wouldn't work at all, at all. And also talks about antibiotics and what they really mean. Because for us, antibiotics is simply a, you know, now, only recently, you know, over the last hundred years or so, the concept of uh, antibiotics is relatively recent in, uh, discovery, not invention, discovery. But they've been around for billions of years, you just didn't know they were there. Uh, and that, that pretty much <laughs> tells us a lot, but antibiotics are hugely important as well. Uh, uh, that was what really, one of the key elements which really made me think, damn, because there's just, there's going to be so many other antibiotics which are just in the soil and things that we just, we haven't found. And likewise, found, there'll yeah. be varieties of crops which could literally really help us yeah. through climate change or other stuff like that, but we've bred them all. They're just, 
they're over there we haven't researched them all those things that can fight um superbugs and stuff like that and they're there's all this knowledge buried within the microscope, yeah, which we're still still waiting to uncover or really to delve into. Because yeah, those yeah, the act of cultivating soil is again relatively recent invention, believe it or not. It genuinely is the actual act of farming as we do it now, rightly or wrongly. Sorry, is uh, you know it was that's relatively recent. Uh, in terms of the grand scheme of human history and what have you. In fact, there's a lot to reasons why we've now reached 9 billion people. But, um, and it's difficult to see how it can carry on, but there it is. Um, I want to talk about something, the last sort of last question for you. And I think it would be churlish of me not to mention it because it struck me as rather well put together. And I don't know how you feel about it, but the directional sound in Seekers of Soil. There's a lot of it. And in many ways, it's more, even more informative than the visuals. It tells you where you are in relation to other things and you trigger things and they trigger other things and create cascade events, which is what you're trying to explain, that everything is linked. Everything. In the realm you're standing in, sitting in, it is linked to everything else. You cannot live in splendid isolation, which, by the way, was not said in a positive light, but said in irony. Look it up, everyone. Splendid isolation was not a good thing. And um, I just want to know, was this intentional? Was it developed at the same time as the visuals? Or was it kind of a, something evolved? Do you realise that maybe I should focus on audio as much as the visuals here? So throughout my you know, career of creating games and exhibitions for galleries, the sound has always been really important for me in that invoking an atmosphere or feeling. So I, yeah, I, right from the get-go, I knew I wanted it to be an important part and it, it's kind of, you know, just part of me in the way that I, way that I create. Um, so there was things that I was writing during that time, which then included, I also had like a, a kind of, uh, almost a month-long session of recording new stuff specifically. Um, but the three-dimensional sound was something that I really wanted to get in there just to bring more things to life, to, to, to make it feel like you are more in a world. and Because I feel like it's, it's a little small thing, but when it combine it with the visuals and your positioning and the way that you can move the camera around, it can have that, that big impact. Or as you were saying, you know, I think that's, that's a really good point. I'm so glad you felt that from experiencing it. But just to position the player. So I I knew it was going to be important, but I, you know, I will say I was kind of a bit blown away myself when I did put it all together. I was like, oh, that's, that's quite like that. That works quite well. You know, not in an arrogant way to say as in, you know, I thought it was special, but as in, it was a development for me because I think the level of some of the sound and some of the sound design was a lot better than what I've done previously. So then to see that all come together and then from interactions, you then triggering things. And as you say, the cascading effect, it was nice. And I think, you know, when I started this or when I, you know, 
first did it, I had this worry, is, is it going to be any good? Am I, actually, am I going to do it justice, the soil? Is it going to be visually interesting or sonically interesting? And I thought, I think when I got to that bit and played it, I was like, phew, okay, well, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely a key element. And it's something which has been really nice to hear people pick up on, you know, because I, you know, I wrote it and recorded it and for it to kind of hopefully go well together. Um, yeah yeah it's um i mean in reality there wouldn't be any sound <laughs> it would be i mean if there was i mean we'll be deafened because <laughs> it's a great cacophony of sound emitting from the soil um but uh no it is but it's informative that's what really is struck me is how to be you know, you're, you, why not use that other sense? Thank you very much. Indeed, we've featured games on this podcast which are designed for blind, for the, for all the, you know, the visually impaired, and uh, they just use sounds. Fantastic. They, they, they really, you get really, really drawn in because all you've got is audio, and you just then paint the world in your own head, and then it becomes a little bit more personal. Uh, and I've done that with, with the secrets of soil. It's like I can't see what's going on in there. I can certainly hear it though. And I think you know that's kind of it's one of the things that struck me from working with the researchers that they're just saying this microbial life is communicating all the time, whether yeah. it's to collaborate, to defend itself, to get bigger, or to fight. Um, and I think for me, sound was one of these things that I can alongside, you know, kind of like particle effects and other stuff like that, to try and um, show that things are happening, that something is is going on there. Um, and it, yeah, it's not it's it's not still or just just existing. And it gives you a sense of place and importance and relevance. So Six to the Soil is available now for free, everyone. We'll link it on the show notes so you can have a, have a look for yourself. And uh, what's it available on? What can you play it on at the moment? So it's um, it's through Steam and you can play it um, on Windows. There is also a 360-degree video version. Right. Which is a little bit different. So then that runs on YouTube. So you can you can experience it on mobile, tablet, yeah, yeah. browser, Um so that if you haven't got the specs to run Secrets of Soil, you can still still get into it and, and enjoy it in that way, hopefully. Yeah, fantastic. If you've got a, if you've got a potato, you know what to do. <laughs> I can't believe that people call them that still. Underpower PC. Oh, it's a potato. Why? And then someone pointed to the, the event, the uh, I think it's Half-Life. No, it's Portal 2, where the... Uh, Radius or Gravos or what she's called. She's actually on a potato, being powered by a potato. So that's why they call low-power PCs potatoes. Um, but, uh, yeah, fun and funniest scenes ever. Um, so, <laughs> um, um, GLaDOS, that was cool, isn't it? GLaDOS, GLaDOS, that was her name. And, uh, yeah, she, she had issues, didn't she? Um, but on that bizarre note, Henry, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been it's been great to chat through and um yeah. Yeah. I'm looking been... forward to listening to episode two hundred. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Um even though we've just experienced a four hundred and twenty. But anyway, 
it was great. And uh, you're more than welcome to come back and Thank chat you. about uh, whatever next you've got cooking in your brain or you're currently doing or something. But yes, but until then, thank you very much. Thank you very much to you too. Cheers. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website, Cane and Rinse. Don't call me.